EMS One Academy, a training solution designed for EMS chiefs, offers more than 200 courses and 250 hours of continuing education. Our modern learning solution includes flexible reporting capabilities and features to upload agency-specific courses and track credentials for recertification. Easily streamline daily administrative workflow with EMS One Academy. Start your free trial. Visit www.emsoneacademy.com slash insideems. Well, it's time once again to go inside EMS. And here he is, the guy, my friend, Kelly Grayson. KG, what's going on down there in world famous Pitkin, Louisiana? Well, the skies are gray and cloudy all day, and it rains torrentially uh, for hours at a time, and the an- animals are starting to pair up two by two. So uh, I'm, I'm looking on uh, uh, making my house floatable. How about that? If it gets much worse than this. But I think that we got a really great topic to talk about today. And, uh, you know, this is actually coming from one of our listeners. And I'm going to go ahead and kick it to you, Kelly, for the intro and setup. Yeah, we've got a, we we try to be responsive to listener emails. And uh, we've got a a message from an EMS manager uh, wants to know how we'd approach dealing with employees that don't want to work with certain partners. That's got to be tough for any EMS manager, uh, how to, how to juggle personality conflicts and get the, the right crew configuration and, and, uh, and, uh, put out those, those interpersonal brush fires that always seem to crop up in, in EMS. But, um, I look at it from the standpoint of the, uh, the, uh, crew member who has a partner that he can't stand. And what do you do about that? Uh, but I figured this would be a, this would be an excellent conversation. I'd like to hear your take on how do you deal with crews that just can't get along? Yeah. And I, I, I got a, a specific way of doing that, but before I, before we jump into the specifics of this, I think the first thing I want to ask you though, is were you ever in this position? Did you ever give an ultimatum to your boss that said, I don't want to work with them ever again? And, uh, yeah. 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 Why? why? A couple times. Well, both times it was not necessarily personality conflict, uh, other than the fact that the, the person I was complaining about was an absolute scumbag, uh, and did I not don't know. Is that a professional it, term? That doesn't yeah, sound like a professional a, uh, term. No, I'm actually, yes, it is a professional term because I'm censoring myself heavily. If I said what I wanted to say about these people, we would lose our PG 13 rating. Um, but yeah, it was, it, you know, a specific instance where someone did something on the ambulance and, uh, uh, I spoke with them after the call and, and called the supervisor and said, come get a replacement on the truck. I am not working another call with this person. And that's only happened a couple of times in 25 years. Uh, but it has happened a couple of times and both, and both times those, those crew members, my, those partners were taken off the truck. Uh, and, and both times they didn't come back. Where uh, were you? Fine. Where were you in your professional career when you uh, when that happened? Um, I was uh, I was been a paramedic for at least 10, 10 plus years. Hmm. You know, I'm I've kind of gotten the the reputation at at uh, the Borg as, as being the bomb proof partner um, for the longest time in my my previous uh, station assignment. I was the guy who got every new EMT uh, straight out of school. Uh, and seasoned them up for six or eight months and, and then sent them off to paramedic school on a different shift. Uh, 
um, I always got the new partners. And when a new paramedic uh, got his got his patch, uh, I did their their conditional clearance time, uh, and they would work with me for six weeks or, or twelve to fourteen shifts until they were uh, cleared and uh, ready to uh, take over their own truck. So I'm I'm pretty adept at dealing with different personalities, hmm. and 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 I'm flexible. Um, but some personality conflicts just can't be resolved. Uh, truthfully, I think they're, they're not personality conflicts. The ones that can't be resolved are the ones where you just have egregious behavior and that stuff needs to be addressed. And I've been lucky enough in my career that the times it's happened to me, management has addressed it quickly and, and uh, appropriately. So, Kelly Grayson, then, why is it? And I'm, this is coming from a from a leader standpoint. So if we're going to talk about what I do as a manager in these situations, I just want to understand what you did as an employee. Uh, so initially, somebody had a challenge on the truck, and this was so um, offensive to you that rather than discuss and work it out, you said, "Get him off my truck." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. could you can not given the incident away, but why did you make that decision, and why didn't you try to um, train, rehabilitate, um, develop oh, oh, a synergy? Train, rebuild? No, you can't polish a turd. You cannot polish a turd. You only wind up well. MythBusters actually proved that you can you can get it to a, a low gloss sheen. Um, but, so let me ask you uh, this: otherwise, though. you smear feces all over yourself oh and everyone else. Oh my god. Um, these Kelly Grayson colloquialism. So what? Yeah. So when you when he took this person, when the supervisors or the leaders took this person off your truck, did, were they fired or did they stay in the system? They were fired. Okay. So they this were, really wasn't a this really no. wasn't a personality conflict. This was just something that went against the uh, the fabric of um, good patient care or something like inappropriate that. Inappropriate personal interaction and. Utterly unprofessional behavior. Okay, well, let's both times it's happened. Well, I think that's uh, different. And, and that sort of thing is not something you can coach. Uh, no, I agree. That's I agree. Some, that's not the sort of thing that you can remediate or or teach them the error of their ways. That's the thing where your eyes just open and you go, "Oh my God, this guy got into EMS and got hired at our company, and we didn't realize who he was." Okay, so he what about this? Though, let's go ahead and switch the gear though a little bit. Did you ever have the challenge of working with somebody that you may have had a personality conflict with and you made the comment, I don't want to work with this person anymore? No, no, I've never done that. Okay. Uh, simply because, you know, I can get through any shift as long as the guy is just not an absolute or girl is not just absolutely uh, Jack impossible to work with. Uh, I can, I can bear anything for 12 to 24 hours. Now we may not be all buddy, buddy, and we're not going to chat and tell each other about our wives and kids and our hobbies and, and outside pursuits. Uh, but I can make it through pretty much anything for, for 12 to 24 hours. Uh, my red line in the sand is, um, when you interact inappropriately with with uh, other people on the scene or toward patients and their family members, if your attitude is is poisonous, uh, that's where I draw the line. Now, okay. if if you and I have a problem communicating, well, I'll adopt the way I uh, I approach the, the situation, um, and you know uh, it it usually works. Uh, I have a forceful enough personality that I don't really have a problem. Uh, um, mentoring my, my partners if they're lacking in some regard. And I'm also, uh, 
uh, self-aware enough to know that some of the things that I do probably rub people the wrong way. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I look at that and go, no, okay, well, okay. You know, this, this sort of thing is, is, uh, is something I need to, uh, approach differently because it, you're dealing with a different personality type. Okay. But my question to you is, yes, sir. um, as a manager, um, this sort of thing is not unusual at all. And as a matter of fact, it, it follows a pattern in, mm-hmm. most often in my experience. Um, you don't have just the, what you have more often, rather than just a simple personality conflict between two different people, uh, you have uh, a personality conflict between one person and a string of angry partners. Sure. Yeah, usually when people come in the office and they say that they, you know, because I've been a paramedic, man, I know what it's like to, be on the ambulance with somebody and you want to stab them in the eye with a pencil. I mean, uh, you know, I've been there. But one of the things that I do when people come in is uh, this is usually what happens. They'll give me their concern and I'll give them the opportunity to to vent and because I want them to know that they're heard and I give them that opportunity to kind of uh, tell me what's going on. And then I'll always ask the questions that follow this way. Have you brought this up to your supervisor before? And then we'll get a yes or no. If the answer is yes, I want to know how the supervisor dealt with it. If the answer is yes and the supervisor didn't deal with it, then I've got some coaching that I need to do with those supervisors. Number two is, as I ask, have you talked to your partner about this? A lot of times, nine times out of ten, the answer is no. Yeah, and that, that's ridiculous. So, but, no, I don't think it is ridiculous, Kelly, and let me tell you why. We don't give our employees the skills necessary to True. manage conflict resolution. So one of the things mm-hmm. that I would try to do is, is I would say, um, let me go ahead and give you some tips. Let me tell you how you should handle it. Let me tell you how you should approach it. But here's the thing, and I usually tell this story. There was a, a, a person that hung out in our group of friends, and this person was inappropriate. This person was rude. This person was uh, uh, verbose. I mean crude i mean it was just crazy and it really came down to the fact of the group wanted to expel her out of the group Uh and i was the one voted to tell her that now that was oh that sucks that was very difficult for me but as i went through this process she started to cry and she said no one ever told me this before i had no idea that the way I acted was taken this way. So that brings me back to, if you don't bring up the challenge with your partner to say, you know what, you make me want to stab you in the eye with a pencil, how does that get fixed within the the cab? Because one of the things that we believe is 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 cab justice we want to we want to try to fix this in the cab we don't want it to get outside the cab until it has to so you know i kind of give them some rules and go back and say um or give them some tools and go back and say try this now if it doesn't work you come back and we'll talk yeah there are times where i've had people who come in and said okay i can't work with them i won't work with them i won't work with them again okay why it comes out to be a personality issue, and then I'll say, okay, I'm going to remove you from the shift and put you on a different shift, because uh, you're the one that's complaining, so I'm going to find you a different shift to work on. Well, no, now, that's my... Now, how that's do you my, address- that's, Go ahead. No, but that's my shift. I understand it's your shift, but you're the one that has a problem with the shift, and you refuse to do anything about it. Well... No, yeah, pretty well. As, as a manager, if, if the... The complainant 
had refused to address it with his partner, yeah, I, I, I can see you taking that tack. Um, on the other hand, if you're the longstanding senior person on that shift, it's been your truck, that's your comfort zone, and they bring you in somebody new, uh, and you've, you've tried to address the problem with them and it, and it doesn't work. They bring it to you. Uh, and it turns out to be a personality conflict. I see no reason why the senior person, even if he is the one complaining, uh, has to be moved. Um, now this isn't the way that it comes with just usually one person. When one mm-hmm. person usually comes and says, I can't do it, I won't do it. That's coaching that I have to do with that with that employee, yeah. and I have to give them the tools that they need to be successful. If both of them come in my office and say, I can't work with them, then I usually say, well, I'm going to split you guys up from the truck and put you on different ships. But here's the thing that I think is important. If you as a seasoned paramedic can't make that relationship work, then that means that we have to do professional development with that individual. Because all mm-hmm. we're going to do – because I, I had an employee – who would come to me all the time and say, I can't work with this person. Okay, why? Blah, 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 poor patient care, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so let's go ahead and move you to a different shift. So we moved them to a different shift. Then they would come back and say, I can't work with this person. Why? Blah, 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 blah. Well, the eventuality was, or then after shift bid, they would come back, I can't work with this person. The eventuality was I had to bring up to them, I don't think the problem is with the partners. I think the problem is with you. Yeah, yeah. As, as that noted philosopher Raylan Givens once said, um, if you wake up in the morning and you meet an a-hole, you meet an a-hole. Uh, if you meet a-holes all day, you're the a-hole. Uh, yeah, I've never, heard, I've never heard that one. Well, he didn't quite say it that way. He said it uh, more laconically with, with rougher language. But, yeah, it was uh, – but it's a, it's a – it's a great philosophical observation, you know. Uh, uh, I've got a demotivational poster that says, uh, you know, the um, uh, the only common denominator between all your uh, unsatisfying relationships is you. Uh, so you got to look in the mirror sometimes, and and that's you know that's an issue. Uh, but that is often an issue in many EMS agencies with, in my regard, poor leadership, because if you've got a string of people that complain about one particular partner and you don't do anything about that one particular partner, um, then, then you're failing as an EMS manager and a leader. I agree. And, and eventually it's one of those things where, what are you going to do? Are you willing to sacrifice all of the people who are dissatisfied with this person and, uh, and piss them off rather than fish or cut bait and cut the bad seed loose. Sure. Um, and, and that's something that, that, in my experience, many EMS managers have not uh, wanted to do. Uh, either they had a personal relationship with the person and, and just felt some loyalty to them, didn't want to, uh, you know, get them out of there, or or quite commonly, it's the it's the burnout, bitter, cynical person, and his attitude has become poisonous. But he's been with your company for. 20 years, um, and you know, you feel some, some loyalty to him and justifiably so that you don't want to just cut him loose. Sure. Um, and, and many, many managers, uh, don't look at that sort of thing, uh, in, in the way it, in my regard, it should be done is, is you take that problem person aside and say, Hey man, what's going on with you? What can we do? to make it better because your attitude is poisonous right well, now. I think it's, and we're interested in why your attitude has gotten the way it is. Is it something here that we can help you with to make you the, the, the 
easy to get along with stellar paramedic that you used to be because you're not that person anymore. Sure. And we, we want to see that guy again. Uh, all too often, they either look at it, uh, they don't approach it like that because that requires communication and communication skills and, and leadership and, and, uh, and some degree of, of, uh, circumspection on your part it takes more effort to do it that way than it does just to, to autocratically say shape up or you're out of here. Well, I want to get to some tips to, that we can give to the listeners on how to deal with this from a partner standpoint. But before I do that, I just want to touch on a little bit what you said where we, you talked about the challenges that it's a, uh, a leadership problem, and I agree with you. But here's where we fail our workforce. Mm-hmm. We need the people that we hire. We invite them into our organizations to help us be successful. If mm-hmm. And I've joked for a lot of years, Kelly, I've said if we can get rid of the workforce, our job as leaders would be easy. <laughs> but that's not, that's not practical. We need the workforce for organizational success. But yet when we hire these people, we take an approach that they're property. We take an approach that they're not important. We take an approach that uh, they should be happy that we're giving them a job. No, the true measure of leadership success isn't on the fact that I could book a conference room, that I could do a budget. My success as a leader is measured on employee engagement, employee satisfaction, Mm -hmm. their productivity, and how they treat the patient. How successful your employees are. Now, with that said, when we invite these people into our organizations, we need to be able to develop a plan that helps them get to the next level. We need to yeah. be able to help them grow. We need to be able to help them reach their goals. We need to be able to find out their strengths and polish their strengths and make their weaknesses, you know, and make their weaknesses something that they can, you know, feel comfortable with. And I know that we've had this discussion before. Like if I know that a paramedic's trepidation is dealing with a pediatric call and and they and that's a, a, a something that they uh, feel very very uh, uncomfortable with if i know that and i'm not doing anything to help them i'm just as culpable when they go on those calls and they are not comfortable mm-hmm. so i think that that's also where leaders fail their workforce but with that said i do want to be able to give some practical tips on how to handle the relationship before it has to get to a supervisor or a manager to say, I can't mm-hmm. work with this person. So you, Kelly Grayson, you've, you, you know, you've uh, got a lot of years of experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been in a lot of different positions in organizations. You, you've been given some of those problem uh, partners to see if you can straighten them out. How do you develop a different relationship with the partner that you can't work with to really kind of make that relationship work? Because there's got to be an answer. My first step is, is I have the talk with any new partner. Whenever I have a new partner, um, we, we clear the air and, and, and establish some clear roles and responsibilities and expectations uh, about working with me and me working with them. And, and, and I'll say first off, so if, you know, because I'm typically our typical crew configuration is, is EMT paramedic. Uh, and and most often my EMT partner is brand spanking new, um, so I will I will approach them like this. Uh, what happens on the truck stays on the truck unless it is a major problem that needs to be addressed. Um, that that someone uh, higher in the hierarchy than me needs to to know about it, and then I'm not going to remain silent in those issues, but. Uh, as far as interpersonal relations go, what happens on the truck stays on the truck. Um, if I have a problem with you, I'm going to address it with you afterwards, after the call, respectfully, 
uh, and and we'll try to work out a solution. If I can't get resolution working with you on it, then you should know that I'm going to go to our supervisor about this. But I'm never going to go run tattle to the supervisor if I haven't said something to you about it first. That's my promise to you as a partner. And I expect the same from you. If something I'm doing hacks you off, rubs you the wrong way, disturbs your feng shui of the call, uh, feng shui, excuse me, of the call, and just interrupts your rhythm, let me know about it. I'm adaptable. I can, I can change the way I do things. Um, but let me know about it first. The ultimate insult is to have a supervisor talk to me about something that my partner has not talked to me about. Uh, that that I look at as, as a betrayal uh, of sorts. The other thing is, as I say, you know, you are my partner on this call. 70% of the, the stuff we do is BLS, which makes your job as important, if not more so than mine. So your job is not to fetch equipment and tote things around uh, and stand behind meekly uh, while I do things and, and wait for me to tell you to do something. I expect you to behave as an EMT and do what you were trained to do. Um, and, and we, we work out our division of labor, you know, you do the physical assessment. I ask the history questions. If there's a question burning up in your mind that I haven't asked by all means, ask it, but try not to interrupt me. Um, but by all means, ask it. And, and cause I don't care who asked the question. All I care is what the answer was. Um, and we, we work that sort of thing out. And I say, if I have a problem with your performance, I'm going to address it with you in private after the call, my, my rule has always been praise in public, criticize in private. Um, and, and like, like any EMS manager ought to, ought to do. Um, and 99.999% of the time that has worked and I've never had a problem with that. Now, my, my issue with, with some of the newer EMTs is there's the problem with differing expectations. You know, when you're as a, when you're an EMT working on a truck, or 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 the junior medic, uh, it doesn't have to be a, a tied to certification. If you're the junior person on the truck, um, and you work with with different people, you work a swing shift, or 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 you're you're covering, uh, you haven't gotten a permanent crew assignment yet. Um, everyone has a different style, and it can be difficult for the junior guy to adjust. Um, and quite often the junior guy gets the, what's sad is the junior guy gets the burnout partner. You know, where do you, where do you plug the new guy in at your agency, Chris? You plug him into the, to the shift that has a hole. Uh, you know, you, there's an unfilled uh, EMT spot on this particular shift. And quite often, why is that a EMT spot uh, unfilled? Because nobody wants to work with that burnout. Yeah, but I think that, um, and I that's, think. And that's why I, you know, that's why I, I, uh, I, I'm skeptical of the value of experience, you know, because the new guy often gets saddled with the old burnout who can't teach an armadillo to dig a hole in the ground. Um, so is that something you got to teach him? Yeah, no. All right. No, so, you know, oh, so you were being, you were trying to be funny. That's how burnout they are. They oh, can't okay. teach something that even, that occurs even naturally to the armadillo. But that's even um, a different component though. So if I know that there's a burnout that's chasing partners away, then if I'm not dealing with that burnout, uh, paramedic, then I'm just as culpable as an EMS leader. So I've got to be able to fix that challenge as well. So I understand that you're burnt out. I understand that you're, you know, 
you know, crispy around the edges. And But we've got to find out why, and we've got to find out how to fix it. I can't allow you to continue to be a negative uh, influence or a cancer to the organization. If everybody knows that you're the negative influence, if everybody knows that you're the cancer, if everybody knows that you're burnt out, I've got to be able to try to fix that as a leader and find ways to make and, and re-motivate that employee. If not, i got to tell you, man, maybe EMS just isn't for you. Now, that yeah. may be harsh, but it's better than not doing anything. And, and as, a, as a partner, uh, I also try to look at this from, from what I would envision the, the manager looking at it is, is so many of these personality conflicts are matters of style. You just have a different way of dealing with patients and calls and, and interacting with people than I do. Uh, and, and I try to be, uh, um, I try to be tofu in that regard. I just adopt the flavor of, of whoever I'm with or, or they adopt my flavor and, and we try to, to, to meet in the middle. Uh, but, uh, you always have to ask, you know, is your style of doing things so dadgum important, uh, that you can't adapt to, to, uh, to, um, compliment your partner. Um, and that's a problem. If you can't do that, if you're so rigid in your, the way you do things and the way you think and the way you act that you can't adapt, then you have a problem. And I would think that a, a good EMS manager would point that out to, to a person say, I just can't work with this guy. And it was like, well, uh, it's not, can't it's won't. You right. won't work with this guy because you have a problem adapting. Uh, this brings to mind one. Uh, we had a, a listener uh, early on in our podcast who called, uh, who sent us a message and said, "You know, uh, help! I work with a bunch of idiots. Right. Uh, I can't get a decent partner." And she was a, a fairly new paramedic. Um, she said, "I can't get a decent partner. Everybody I work with is a is a blooming idiot." And and um, I, I can't get along with any of them because I try to correct them and, and, and they think that I'm overly critical and everything else. And, and I gently asked her, I said, um, you can't find anybody that you work with, uh, that is, you know, you, you can't get along with any of them. And she said, well, no, they're all idiots over here. And I said, well, that's statistically improbable. <laughs> What's more likely is, is there something that you are doing that is making these people that, that is, uh, rubbing these people the wrong way, or there's something you're doing that is inflexible. Uh, maybe you are a little too critical. And so she said, well, how do you mean that? And I said, well, let me ask you something. Are you comfortable on a call? Do you, do you really feel comfortable in your skills and your knowledge, uh, that, that you can, adapt the way you do things, uh, to, to, uh, compliment your partner. Mm -hmm. And she, she paused for a minute. She was, wow. Um, you know, when she emailed me back, she said, I never thought of it that way. She said, I'm scared to death on every call. Mm. And I said, well, there you go. There you go. You're projecting your insecurity onto your partner. Mm -hmm. And you're assuming that you're assuming that, that your partners are every bit as shaky uh, as you feel, but you don't want to show that. So, you know, you, you treat your partners like they're idiots. I said, why don't you, you, uh, collaborate with your partners, use some teamwork and you can both build each other up. Uh, the, the saying I'm fond of is there's no Monroe Kelly doctrine for EMS crews. Just because one person got, uh, a, uh, paramedic patch doesn't mean that their partner suddenly got dumber. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it doesn't work that way. Um, and the people that, uh, in my experience, that most need the help of a good partner uh, are the people who are also most likely to reject their help. They're autocratic. They, they, uh, they, you know, are very picky about the way they do things, and they want their empty partner to sit there and, and remain silent until spoken to. Uh, and those people are the ones that struggle the most. They just don't realize it. So I, I think part and parcel of it uh, in being a good partner, uh, being a partner who, uh, who is having interpersonal conflicts with uh, the person, other person on the truck, or being a manager is you have to make those people realize that that um the things that they're doing uh that are, are contributing to this dissatisfying relationship it's, it's tough to do but i think if you hire good people um you can make that point to them and they'll they'll grasp it well it's not just hiring it's as well you've got to and mentoring them and developing them that's right but hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. Give us your thoughts and suggestions. How do you deal with a par- problem partner? How do you resolve interpersonal conflicts on the truck? Do you handle it on your own? If you're a manager, how do you approach that sort of thing when a crew member comes to you and says, I can't work with so-and-so? Send us those suggestions and thoughts at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes and for myself, and co-host Chris Cevallero, the most difficult to get along with dude in the universe. I'm Kelly Grayson. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week.